Spiritual abuse has a devastating effect on people. Since a very high level of trust is often placed in spiritual leaders, it is expected that the trust will be honored and guarded. When trust is violated, the wound is very deep. Sometimes the wound is so deep that the wounded person cannot trust even a legitimate spiritual authority again. Besides an unhealthy fear of and disillusionment with spiritual authorities, the spiritually abused person may find it difficult to even trust God. They may think, how could he let this happen to me? It is hoped that those who have been subjected to spiritual abuse will find this program a helpful tool in their journey to recovery from their spiritual wounds as well as to find healing in their relationship with the Lord. Today, I'll interview David Henke. He is a Christian apologist that specializes in issues of mind control, spiritual abuse, and legalism. Besides being the author of the Spiritual Abuse Recovery Workbook that we will discuss today, he is also the founder of Watchman Fellowship, Inc. This is Kay Meyer, the founder and president of Family Shield Ministries and your host for today's program. Thanks, David, for being our guest today on Family Shield. It's my pleasure. Well, when I first introduced you uh, in the opening, I called you a Christian apologist. Explain to our listeners what an apologist is and what they do. Well, the word apologist comes from the Greek word apologia in 1 Peter 3.15. Peter said we should be ready always to give an answer or reason for the hope that's within us, and that word reason is apologia. Uh, you don't have to have a doctorate in philosophy or theology or apologetics to be an apologist. You just have to be a Christian who's willing to learn, uh, to study and become aware, uh, informed enough to be able to answer people's questions. Um, and that's a lifelong experience. You know, I've been doing ministry with Watchman Fellowship for almost 45 years, and I'm always learning. Uh, there are so many things out there that we need to be ready to answer that you never learn them all. But throughout the body of Christ, God raises up people who can do that. That's right. That's right. I know in my bio, a lot of times it says an apologist. And I always explain to people what that is, because we don't do uh, the counter-cult area of our ministry 100% of the time. We do other uh, ministries as well. And a lot of times people don't know what that term means. So I wanted to um, uh, ask you, I usually define it as defending the faith from corruption, um, uh, along with what you said, because there are a lot of people that say things that are wrong. Sometimes they they know it's wrong, but most of the time they really don't. And uh, it's important that we understand that term. So we're talking today about your workbook, Spiritual Abuse Recovery. Um, as we begin, let's define what spiritual abuse is from your book. Well, it's uh, everybody recognizes the term abuse. You can think of spousal abuse or um, abuses that take place in the workplace, things like that. But in the religious or church setting, it's misusing a position of authority or influence for one's own purpose but to the detriment of the person that they're trying to help or guide. And just think of the Pharisees. Um, 
they were out for fame and fortune. Uh, they were hypocrites. They uh, performed tiny obediences to the law, but failed in the major issues like love and um, ministry or service. Okay, good. Um, so as we talk about spiritual abuse, uh, how does it manis- manifest itself, and what does it look like? So, you know, we're going to be generic because you get into a lot of depth in your workbook, but just give us a couple examples of how it might manifest itself and what it looks like so that our listeners, again, can begin to understand it. Uh, I would say there are definitely going to be listeners that have been in a spiritual abuse setting, but many of them are not. They may be the ones that are helping those that have gone through this, and they need to also learn. Yes. um, Spiritual abuse starts out with the um, foundation of legalism, which is a performance-based relationship with God. And that never produces uh, joy or peace. It produces guilt and failure because we can't be perfect, and we can't gain more of God's love uh, by our performance. We've got all of His love right now. But it manifests uh, coming from one of two directions. One is there is a doctrine uh, that puts people underneath the authority of others, and that doctrine could be called spiritual covering, chain of command, um, umbrella of protection, things like that. The idea that you must uh, submit to the authorities you're under, but remember that Paul said, follow me even as I follow the Lord. Now, implied in that is that if Paul ceased to follow the Lord, the people were not to submit to him. And he praised the Bereans for checking him out, uh, you know, to see if what he was teaching was so. So um, submission has a two-way element to it. We submit to those who lead in a godly way, and we refuse the authority of those who are uh, out for their own purposes. But the other place it can come from is from a personality disorder. Think of the narcissist. Uh, it's hard to be in submission to a narcissist because you can never do anything right, and they can never admit uh, to their own fault. So it's a um, personality problem, or it's a doctrinal problem, one or the other. Well, let me ask a question, because as I read some of your examples, I've worked a lot uh, with, with people with mental disorders, and I know sometimes they're they're not there, but do do you uh, also look at that as you work with people that if they have, you talked about personality disorders, which is often, you know, part of that mental disorder. Do you, do you bring that in at all um, into this? Because as I looked at it, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, when we're doing reconciliation, um, when it's a, someone with a mental disorder, it's almost nigh impossible to yeah. to f- to fix the problem through reconciliation right. when that's happening. But do you yeah, when, bring that when in? There is, when there is a mental disorder, that's uh, for other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have any training in that field, so I deal with what I do have experience and study in. Um, the average person who has been abused rather than the person who has been 
beaten down so badly they've had a mental breakdown. Uh, when that happens, I refer them to a mm-hmm. licensed counselor. Yeah, so do we. But, um, yeah. but most of the people that I encounter uh, with personality disorders are uh, the perpetrators. And <laughs> I had an interesting experience with one. He chased me down at a speaking event that I was at, and he confronted me in the uh, parking lot about... Uh, my involvement with his parishioners. Well, all these parishioners had left his church. They were no longer his parishioners. And he wanted uh, the information on these people that Mm. were in my files, and I just stiff-armed them. I said, you know, you understand what um, clergy-client confidentiality is. Therefore, you know that I can't tell you anything like that. But it's like the running back who stiff arms a tackler. Uh, that's basically the way I treated him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. That that's interesting and and not at all unusual. I I am assuming for those that are spiritually abusive to be asking for information that they shouldn't get from yeah. those that are working right. with them. Yeah, good example. Right. Thank you. So. Um, um, we talked. We were talking about how it manifests itself. Is there anything else that you want to share related to that, or what does it look like? You know, uh, you you shared a couple examples. Anything else you need to share? Well, there is spiritual burnout. Um, I use the example in the book of a person who is um, really on fire and on the ball, um, a devout follower of Jesus, and involved in a lot of things, and then suddenly he doesn't show up anymore. Mm. And you ask about him and say, well, so-and-so just stopped going to church. This is um, uh, something that is a result of being on um, a spiritual treadmill. Uh, You think you're on the path to a higher, better relationship with God, but you're really on a treadmill, and you make no progress. You don't go anywhere there. When you check your progress, uh, the scenery is the same. So burnout, disillusionment, uh, loss of trust, broken relationships, all these things are uh, results of spiritual abuse. And the broken relationships, unfortunately, can be a broken relationship between the abused person and God. Um, You know, why did God let me go through that? And many times people who have been through that uh, throw the baby out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. and they will become um, non-religious, uh, agnostic, atheist, uh, angry, something in that range of uh, feelings. I deal with cults, and I see the uh, comments of people on Facebook who have been um, a long time in a cult, and they just become very angry people. Uh, but there are others who have found peace with God, and it's for God's people to be the uh, safety net for those people, to mm-hmm. be willing to talk, to have compassion and love them. Uh, the Lord can use us if we're ready to to have that response with people. Yes. But um, we have to be ready and willing. And it's hard. Uh, we also deal with the uh, some of the cults, Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons. And right. I, I strive to try to let our listeners know how abused 
and hurt they are. They always think it's only theological. Let's just deal with the theological, which is important. There is definitely differences. But helping them understand these people are hurt and disillusioned um, is important. And I, I don't think I do a good enough job of helping our supporters and our people that could be reaching out do that. But uh, how do you do that? How do you help people understand? There is a book that was sent to me out of the clear blue when I was in the middle of uh, a time when I was experiencing spiritual abuse. Yes, a Christian apologist who deals with cults can be a victim of spiritual abuse. Uh, But the Lord allowed that to open up a new aspect of ministry and you know, he's blessed me with wonderful opportunities. But the book that was sent to me is Jeff Van Vondren's book, The Subtle Power of Spiritual Abuse. Mm-hmm. That's still the standard um, of all the books on the subject, and um, I'd recommend people read that. But uh, my ex-Jehovah's Witness friend, who is now a Christian, sent this to me and said, this seems to me like a backdoor in reaching Jehovah's Witnesses, because you're not debating doctrine, you're not uh, discussing the fallacies or the false prophecies of the Watchtower. Um, when they read this, they will see themselves and their experience in the mirror. And it's it's um, a behavioral approach. Good. Um, you know, have you experienced this kind of thing? Have you experienced that? And they have. Uh, that's what they talk about so much on Facebook, but um, you know this does this approach doesn't um, uh, say you're wrong because of this. It uh, you can even present the book like mine or Jeff's uh, as read this. This will tell you all the sins of Christendom, <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be interested to read that. Okay. Very good. Um, I will definitely make sure we uh, promote that as well, and I'm going to get a copy for myself. I want to yeah. uh, switch and make some announcements, and uh, okay. and then we'll compl- finish the program after the break. I want to give uh, the listeners uh, a little chance right now to get a pen and pencil. At the very end of my announcements, I'm going to give David a chance to let you know how you can get a copy of his book, Spiritual Abuse Recovery Work book and also how to get in contact with him because he does work with groups. Um, And I also want to let our listeners know that our Family Shield Ministries will include information about your workbook on our podcast and on our homepage of our website uh, so that if you miss this today, you have a way to learn more and get connected uh, to David and Watchman Fellowship. So I just want to mention that now because sometimes you need to have that pencil and you don't have it ready. Family Shield Ministries' vision is we are Christians who care about families and the gospel, transforming lives now and for eternity. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 radio stations throughout the United States and on our podcast platforms. We also coordinate our countercult ministry and other educational and outreach services. Thanks for listening. This week, we're giving away the booklet, Live the Six, How to Be an Everyday Missionary. To receive a complimentary copy, call the Family Shield Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. 
We also encourage listeners to sign up to receive the complimentary Family Shield email newsletter. This week's featured article was What is a Cult? It also talked about the four basic signs of a religious cult, and it's available on our website. To sign up for the email, send your email address again to witness to family at gmail.com. That's witness to T-O family at gmail.com. Your prayers and support allow Family Shield to continue to reach and equip individuals and their families for Christ. Your support makes our work, including our countercult ministry, possible. Thank you. Now I want to go back to my guest, David Hankey, founder of Watchman Fellowship. We've been talking about his workbook, Spiritual Abuse Recovery, and there's so much in it that we won't have time to talk about today. So I just want to encourage you to uh, learn more. Uh, David, tell our listeners how they can get a copy of your workbook. Uh, It's available on Amazon. Just go in and type in either my name, David Henke, H-E-N-K-E, or Spiritual Abuse Recovery Workbook or just type in uh, spiritual abuse, and you'll find a range of books uh, available, including mine. Wonderful. Very good. All right. So I was like, how can we be halfway done with the program already? It was nowhere near where I thought we would be. Um, As we continue talking about spiritual abuse, we've talked about how it manifests itself and what it looks like. You've given some examples. Um, we need to talk about how people recover from spiritual abuse. So talk a little bit about that. Well, recovery without someone to help or guide takes a long time, and there may not be recovery. But if there is a Christian who loves them, cares about them, and becomes a uh, compassionate friend, the recovery can uh, be shortened. Uh, I have received phone calls from people who uh, were experiencing cultic-like abuse, and they thought that their group, church or small group or what have you, was a cult, and they would call and and ask, have you heard of this group? Well, uh, many of them, most of them were too small for me to have heard of, but I would Uh, go through some of the characteristics of spiritual abuse and say, did you see authoritarianism in it, or did you see perfectionism? And I would just lead them through about 10 different characteristics, and I would get a yes answer on almost every one. And I would say, I'm reading a uh, list of characteristics that uh, came from a book that I've read. And so that tells you that what you've experienced is from a system of abuse. It's not from you. Uh, It is from the culture of the group. And once they hear that, they are instantly free from any guilt or uh, fear they have coming from that group. Um, You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Then after that, it's a matter of resolving the the doctrinal, the practice uh, kind of issues that will come up. You know, should I be involved in this or not? Should I do this or not? And that's a case where a mature Christian can lead them mm-hmm. to health. Good, good. So one of the things you don't do in your book, and I didn't, I didn't mention that, is you don't name names of organizations. Uh, right. It might be a cult group, but it can be a uh, denomination in the body of Christ that just has a leader that is 
moving away from what God's word really says, which is always the, the, the goal to come back to the word of God. And I appreciate that because that means everyone is willing to, to take a look at this book. They're not going to have their organization slammed. Um, and I, I think that's, that's wise. Uh, again, we want to come back to what does God's word say? You mentioned the truth and the truth will set you free. So right. what and how important is helping those that are involved understand the balance between the law and gospel and where that fits in? Because some of these people already know the law and gospel uh, that are being abused. Some may right. not. How do, how do you deal yep. with that? Well, the, um, uh, the law was a tutor to bring us to our recognition of our need of a Savior, someone who would fulfill the law for us. So the law, with its legalistic requirements, uh, is a legitimate law, but we're not under its jurisdiction as born-again believers. Uh, the law also exists to let us know what God's um, will for us is, but it doesn't require uh, absolute obedience uh, to achieve God's uh, mercy and grace in our lives. Faith is what gives us that. And, you know, the, it's kind of hard for the new believer to understand, but it's like a debt um, situation. Uh, lender lends money, and you pay it back on a uh, time payment basis. But if you fail to uh, make a payment, then they come in and they take all of uh, your assets to satisfy the, the debt. But in the case of Christ, he's paid all the debt. We have no debt to pay. And so the, uh, the performance of the law was done for us by Jesus. And that's a big um, difference between the legalism of cults and high-control groups and um, New Testament Christianity. Um, it's a, a slow learning process many times, but it's also a, um, uh, a sudden enlightenment or mm -hmm. realization. The light goes on, and you know they slap their forehead and oh, now I understand. Uh, it's that kind of thing. So, yeah. uh, but yeah. it takes a Christian friend to be there ready to answer questions and guide them through it. Mm -hmm. So you were talking about the law, and you also kind of talked about the gospel, that, that Jesus suffered and died for our sins, right. and we're forgiven because of him. We teach, and I know you do too, that uh, uh, God's Word teaches that we are saved totally by faith alone in Christ, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. It's not a result yeah. of our good works, but so right. many of those that are spiritually <clears throat> abused are in legalistic churches that are telling them to do more and more. I just finished sharing a story of one of the ladies that we mentored who was involved with a controlling cult, and yeah. they told her she wasn't a Christian. They told her she could be perfect, they told her if she confessed a sin and then did it again, she wasn't really forgiven, and she was just scared to death that she was yeah. going to go to hell and right. couldn't be, you know, the, the, this is the legalism that is so destructive 
for people yeah. to to hear over and over. So as we as you help people come out, how do you apply the gospel to help them understand this? Because so many of them are not comprehending that it's all been done for them already. Well, it's the freedom issue. They've been under performance uh, bondage, and they need to be continually reminded that you're free. Christ has set you free. And so you know, the, the relationship between a young man and a young lady who are uh, becoming enamored with each other, and then they, um, uh, the guy proposes and she accepts and they get married, and it's an emotional commitment, a spiritual commitment, a desire to be together, but it's not a checklist. Of, the husband has to do such and such, and the, uh, the wife has to do such and such, and things will be all right. No, it's 100%, 100% each, both ways. And, but there is freedom within that. Yeah, you stumble, your uh, relationship may be hurt for a while, but you work through it. And God is always there, ready and willing to work through it with us. He always accepts us because of what his son did. And, you know, we're free to pursue him without uh, any anchor holding us back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Good, good. But that has to be very hard to explain when you're working with those that have been spiritually abused. Yes, Um, it is. We have two minutes left. David, what else do you want our listeners to know about your uh, uh, workbook, Spiritual Abuse Recovery Workbook? Just kind of a maybe other things that we didn't get to with less than two minutes left. Well, if, uh, if you know someone who is a victim of abuse or in a legalistic system, uh, get the book. It doesn't have to be mine, but get a book on spiritual abuse and learn what uh, you can say, um, asking questions to help them understand uh, things or to draw them out and talk about their experience is an excellent uh, approach. But don't think that you have to know everything. Uh, Be willing to say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'll look it up and I'll uh, study it and come back with uh, whatever understanding I can gain. But partner with them in their recovery. That's super. That is very important um, to partner with them. And, And I love that you said you don't need to know everything. Uh, You just need to have a heart for uh, the Lord and helping others. And just pray to the Lord and ask him to guide and direct you and to get you the resources that you need. Um, Again, my guest has been David Hinckley. He is uh, the founder of Watchman Fellowship and the author of Spiritual Abuse Recovery Workbook. Uh, We gave information about how you can connect uh, to get that, it will be on our website. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Our website is www.familyshieldministries.com. Uh, and you can also find it on the podcast, which you can also get not only on our podcast platforms, but also on our website. Again, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in His Word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. 
To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.